Blog Talk Radio. Radio. 
uh, to the Hilltop Radio Show. It's your boy DJ Sean. I want to thank everybody that's tuned in, everybody that's getting ready to get tuned in, everybody that's on already tuned in around the world. This is the Hilltop Radio Show. It is October already. Fall season has begun, and there's a lot going on, as you guys can see. Before we get, before I get the our special guest on over the weekend, I heard I heard a quote by Neon uh, Sanders after the game, and it kind of kind of touched me about opinionated people. How people have their opinion on others, and I, I think I'm gonna go by his. I'm gonna play that clip, and we'll be right back. Let's see here. Here we go. What about me would make you think that I care about your opinion of me? Your opinion of me is not the opinion that I have of myself. You ain't make me, so you can't break me. You didn't build me, so you can't kill me. I, I, you know what? God, God established me, so you ain't nothing you can do to me. I, I've been dealing with this foolishness since Pee Wee football, man. I've been him. I've been a difference maker, a game changer. I've been that guy. So what would change now that I'm coaching? Not a darn thing. I'm not even playing the game, and you got an opinion of me. I'm not even on the field, but I'm pretty sure I get every darn coach I'm playing against, head coaches. <laughs> And anything you want to do, but I, I I I love it. But I don't care, and I wish the world thought like that. Youngsters, if you're out there right now, do not give a darn what opinions people have of you. Long as that opinion is not consistent of that of yourself, you be you. I'm not planning to make you feel good about me. I already feel good about me. I'm good. Message for the youngsters out there and the olders, old school, not old fools. Yeah. I'm taking Deion Sanders' words, and I'm going to run with that. Double Chocolate, welcome to the show. Benita Applebaum, welcome to the show. We all think about that. Opinionated people. People that got their opinions on others. What you guys got to say about that? Well, I think it's, I think it's very smart, you know. Um, you didn't make me, so you can't break me. I love it. There you go. About you, double chocolate. I agree. I agree. Uh, somebody else's opinion of me—that's your opinion. That's your reflection of yourself. Because I know who I am. So you keep that to yourself. Exactly. Everybody's got something to say. You know, everybody's opinion don't matter, but your opinion of yourself. I like that. I just had to throw that. Up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just had to throw that out there. Uh, to just tonight. Um, let me text our our hip hop icon. Let me text him and let him know I'm gonna I'm calling. And uh, this guy's been around the industry for a long, long time. And he used to be married to one of the. He used to be married to one of the. Um, Baddest R and B artists, um, you know, back in the nineties. Well, she's in nineties. Yeah, in the nineties. Um, you gotta go be amazed. I think. Uh, 
I think Benita was. I think I introduced him to Benita a couple, a couple weeks ago or last month or something like that. She probably done forgot. Y'all know how y'all women is. Y'all forget about. Uh, um, no, you didn't. <laughs> Don't do us. Y'all women. <laughs> you must want to fight tonight, huh, Benita? <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, okay. He's just like real. He's trying to get those out far. Well, right? I got, and we got the diva, diva's den. She's on here as well. So it's a it's a one on three tonight, y'all, out there in Hilltop Land. It's a one on three. I'm picking on all three of them tonight. So I got my boxing gloves. I got my boxing gloves and I got my uh, Vaseline. Let's go. You got the face guard on because you're gonna need all of that if you're coming for all three of us at the same time. That's for the whole armor guard. You're gonna need it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That see, see when you say y'all women, that wakes them all up, boy. They they gotta get coffee in the morning. Just say y'all women, they up. <laughs> Don't categorize us in one in, into one area. We are multifaceted, multi colored. Multi talented, multi everything. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> like I tell y'all, I don't know the lies that being told on this radio show, but nah, I'm just... <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. trying to get beat up tonight. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> now, nah, I'm laughing, y'all, because I'm laughing, y'all, because I've been paid like I don't know what over here. So I'm laughing to keep it from bothering me. Hold on. Uh. Good evening on track productions, Mr. Stone speaking. How could I help you? The professor, the icon, the legend, the pioneer. Man, welcome to the Hilltop Radio Show, man. What's going on? Well, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And, uh, wow, um, I was waiting for your call. So, yeah. um, talk to me, man. I'm, 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 I'm happy to be on with you. What's going on, buddy? And man, let me introduce you to these lovely ladies. Uh, we got Double Chocolate, we got Bonita Apple Bomb, and we got the Divas Den all the way from Florida. On, oh wow! On the line, on the line with us, and another artist, Scrap Iron. Uh, he's on with us as well. Well, good evening, people. Hello there. Good evening. Welcome to the I'm, I'm not going to remember everybody's name, so all I'm going to just say is good evening, and it's a pleasure to, to meet each and every one of y'all. Likewise, likewise. Hip-hop, hip-hop icon going all the way back to the early 70s. Man, go ahead and introduce yourself, man, because you, okay. you got a hell of a resume. Well, go ahead, my brother. <laughs> yeah, this is funny. Okay, well, my name is Rodney Stone, but I'm professionally known as Rodney C. I'm one half of the original Double Trouble. I was featured in the very first hip-hop, breakdance, and graffiti movie ever created. 
and it was called Wild Style. It's considered the Bible of hip-hop, open the doors for all the movies and things going on today. In addition to that, I'm also formerly of the Funky Four, plus one more, and the Funky Four plus one. We were the very first hip-hop group from the Bronx, New York, to get a legitimate record deal. We were the very first hip-hop group with a female. And we were the very first hip-hop group to do national television. We did Saturday Night Live with Deborah Harry on Valentine's Day, 1981. And what he's dying to, for <laughs> me to say to y'all <laughs> that uh, my ex-wife is the infamous Andy Stone, who is also a hip-hop slash R&B phenomenon who comes out of a group called The Sequence. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. You have that. an resume. Uh, go, who, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, uh, Diva. That was you. I uh, just said he really does have an impressive resume. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you. I've been in the game since almost the beginning of it. So, 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 Ronnie, you know, I we we talk a lot, man, and I pick your brain about the culture, you know, going all the way back, the gap, and everything, man. Um, let's let's start with you, man. Um, when did you get started, and how did you, and and why? Uh, it was simple. <laughs> I moved to the Bronx, the home of hip hop, when I was 10 turning 11. I actually moved to the Bronx 10 days before the actual birth of hip hop. So, um, I was a child when it actually started, but I got into it very early. I got, I think my first record deal, I was 15 turning 16, um, and at that time, I was too young to even sign a contract, so my mom had to sign for me, you know what I mean? Uh, we were babies when we got record deals, and we were babies when we gave birth to this thing that we call hip-hop, so that's why hip-hop is a teen thing, always was and always will be, so the predominant people who support hip-hop now are teenagers, you know, and they got a worldwide audience now, so. <laughs> but, yeah, come on, talk to me. What, what, what else you want to know? <laughs> now, we also <laughs> was talking, you know, everybody out there in uh, Hilltop Land, this is uh, Little Rodney C. from Funky 4 Plus 1. You guys heard the whole, everything else. Um, Rodney, you know, uh, you talked to me about uh, a certain album that your brother brought home. And My introduction to hip hop. Yeah, your introduction to hip hop. When I was in 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 actually in '73, my my brother came home with an album, and it was called Hustlers Convention. Hustlers Convention was written by one of the members of the Last Poets. Um, the brother's name was Lightning Rod, and he had wrote a story. Um, which I believe to be a true story, but he wrote it in rhyme form. And not only that, he added music to it, so it sounded like, uh, uh, it was like a theatrical piece. 
you know, like a play. And because it was on wax, you know, I could only visualize. I mean, the guy created a masterpiece. And it was in rhyme form. And my brother came home with that album. Um, God bless him. And my brother, Perry B. Um, he had came home with it, and he had played it for me. And when I heard this, this, this album, I lost my mind. So every chance I got to sneak in my brother's room to uh, <laughs> listen to that record, I did it. And eventually I mastered it. So that was basically my introduction into being able to write rhymes. Now, how do I get involved with hip-hop? Um, I, and eventually I meet a young man named Keith Cowboy who was an official member of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. But I had was met him prior to them becoming a group. Um, and he and I uh, was real cool. So now, um, he was the first person that I had ever seen uh, touch a microphone. And he wasn't a person that had rhymes, he was more of a party starter. Somebody like a, a fat man school that you guys would probably be more familiar with. He was kind of like that. And he would be the first fat man school. <laughs> um, then I heard him, um, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Melly Mel and his brother, Kid Creole. I heard them do a, a back and forth. And when I heard them rhyme together, I said, I could do that. And not only can I do that, I could do that well, only because I had mastered that, that, uh, that album, Hustlers Convention. So putting rhymes together became an easy thing for me. So that's my basic introduction on how I get into hip-hop. And I uh, was just seeing Cowboy and then Melly Mel and his brother Creole and then me saying, oh, I could do that. So, yeah, and... That's seventy four, seventy five. Seventy four, seventy five. And uh, um, again, Ronnie, I, I want to tell you, man, thank you for being a part of the show tonight. We really appreciate you, man. Um, what I'm gonna do, man, I'm gonna turn the microphone over to Mrs. Diva, the Divas Den. I know she's got some uh, questions for you. I can just feel it uh, through the microphone. <laughs> Go ahead, Diva. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Miss Diva. Hold on. I got wait, 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 wait. I gotta let my dog out. Wait a minute, cause he going crazy right now. Okay, go ahead, Miss Diva. Yes, Sean is absolutely right because since he's been talking and you've been talking, I've been googling and searching for information. My first question is. We're talking 74, 75, and being one of the founders of hip-hop. How difficult was it? And did your It wasn't really difficult because it was the beginning. Okay. We, we didn't do hip-hop like people do it today, right, to make money. We did it because we had nothing else to do. Now, hip-hop is born out of a desire to be a part of something that we couldn't, and that was disco, which preceded hip-hop. Now, most people who come from that era, they pretty much have a problem drawing a line in the sand that separates hip-hop from disco. But I don't only because 
Um, I helped to give birth to hip hop. You're not walking the dog, are you? Oh, okay. No, you good. I just thought you had a dog on a leash. Um, yeah. So, uh, the beginning was basically us saying we exist, basically. You know what I mean? We had no uh, locations, no places to play inside, so we played outside. And that's basically how hip-hop started. So to answer your question, there was no real real problems in the beginning, other than the transition that uh, gangs were making from being gangs to being in uh, giving birth to the hip-hop culture. Okay, and you you just you just said that it was a culture, a hip hop culture. So it wasn't like you were the only uh, people who, the only group who understood it. There was a whole group of people uh, in your age bracket that understood and that was looking for a way to express themselves. Uh, uh, like you said, I'm from that disco era, so I know about that, and I remember when I first heard my uh, my first rap song. Uh, or have whatever they were calling it back. And I, it was a culture shock for me because I'm thinking I'm not used to not hearing uh, someone sing. You know, you, you hear poets and things like that. But then when you hear there is a group of individuals who are making this poet thing a part of the music industry. So it, it, was, a, it was a little bit of a shock for me, and it was a transition that I had to slide into smoothly because I was very resistant to it, as I think a lot of people were, because um, in the 80s, when we would get ready to go to the club, you know, we, we would just listen to the regular dance, disco music. Then along come groups like uh, um, uh, um, Loop, you know, Throw That D and then all that kind of stuff. And we just thought that it was just around for a short period of time. We had no idea that there was a whole a whole culture that was, you know, wanting to say, we want our place in history, and we're going to keep doing it because this is what we do, this is what we know. So. Well, actually, you, 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 you're, you're right to a certain degree. Hip-hop was just born out of us wanting to be able to party, right? We, we teenagers... Right. You guys are a little older than us, so you can get into a disco. Disco was 21 for young ladies, 23 for young men. So that means if you're 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, you ain't got nowhere to go. So we want to be a part of that world, but we can't directly. So indirectly, we are. Why? Because everybody's a part of whatever's being played on the radio, right? So whatever kind of music you was listening to when you grew up, that's what was on the radio, right? It wasn't like it is today. We got all kinds of stations now, you know what I mean? Playing all kinds of music now. It wasn't like that when we were coming up. So we all were familiar with disco. However, trauma, everybody couldn't participate in it in the live entertainment part of it. You get what I'm saying? We heard it on the radio like right. everybody else. You know what I mean? But we couldn't go to discos. So that was the difference. So this was hip-hop was our response to not being able to hang out with adults. We hung out with each other. 
We gave the first team parties, but we wasn't calling them team parties. <laughs> we didn't see it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, I I tell you what, it it stood the test of time, and and it, and it still lives on. And I don't think it's going any place. I think it's not only become a, a culture of, of of the black of blacks, but it's now become the, the culture of of uh, whites, uh, of country artists, uh, and even gospel artists because they're including rap artists with, with their songs now. You know, it's so a it's, it's a it's, universal culture now. So it's the only genre of music that captured the whole world. They rapping in every language. I don't care what language it is. Somebody is rapping in it. You got that right. You got that right. That's the power of what we put on the planet. And it's funny, you know what I mean? Because it's nothing new, right? Because we it, it came from somewhere else. And it came from something else. A lot of people just not clear of what it is, how it evolved, you know what I mean, and why it's still here. Because disco dead as a doornail now. You know what I mean? You can't even find nobody playing disco records. You know what I mean? And if you do, you know they old as Methuselah. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you go somewhere and they, somebody playing disco, you're like, wow. You was like, this, yeah, I remember that. But everybody in there. The same age. <laughs> you know <laughs> Let me make y'all laugh. I went to a party one time, and I invited uh, Biz Markey, God bless the dead. And Biz Markey had met me at this club. Now, Reggie Wells was the DJ. Reggie Wells is a, he's an old school DJ because he's older than us. So he's from that disco era, but he still plays and he still has an audience. So when I get to the party... Uh, DJ B Fats is playing the bus stop. You remember the bus oh. stop? He's playing the bus stop, and I said on the mic, "Man, why you playing that? Don't nobody know the bus stop." Half the party got up and started doing the bus stop. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, right? I mean, because <laughs> I remember the song. I remember the dance, but I don't remember it like they remembered it. You know what I'm They knew that dance, and they was doing it. Right? I was like, huh. You know what I mean? So just let me know, you know, that there's errors to this. And even though we can we can formally draw the line, you know, in the sand to separate it, we just know that um, hip-hop is an extension of disco. And that's basically what it is. All right, Sean, you there? Still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Again, right. I want to thank. Uh, back to you. This is the Hilltop Radio Show, and again, I want to thank my brother Rodney C for being part of the show. Rodney, you know, like I said, we talk, and you know, and our conversations go hour, two hours about hip hop. Um, you know, we do have controversy controversy with some groups you know um you know let's talk about how important uh the park jams were to the culture and then we'll get into you know the other the other uh stuff you know the other conversation that me and you talked about talk talk about how how important so people out there listening 
explain explain what the park jams were and how important park jams were to the culture of hip hop in the beginning. Well, for um, us who were too young to go to discos, they were important, right? Because it introduced us to what grown folks was doing, right? Because uh, old school or, or a disco DJ came out and played outside, right? Now, everybody's going to come out. They're going to bring their kids. <laughs> Everybody coming. So you're going to be there and listen to what's going on, even though you're not participating, but you're there. You get what I'm saying? So you are familiar with what's going on. Now, the the natural progression, right, is the disco DJs went inside, right, in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. We didn't have nowhere to go. So we were in the parks. So it was important because it gave us somewhere to be, you know what I mean, where we all of like mind are hanging out. Just teenagers being teenagers, basically. So Park Jams is important for that because we had nowhere else. And then finally, uh, discotheques, as they started to die out, began to open their doors to us. And before that were the community centers and the schools. You know, uh, like when I was in high school, all of the teams would have to have fundraisers so that they could get the equipment, you know, whatever it is that they needed. You know what I mean? If it was a football team, they needed equipment. So they gave parties to raise the money to buy the equipment, and we would do the parties for them. You know, so that's how we got into the schools. And then from that, we get into the recreation centers, the PALs and the boys clubs and all of that, you know. Um, remember, hip-hop is actually born at the time that the gangs in the Bronx are calling the truth with each other and everybody's changing from being gangs into being crews. You know what I mean? Like the black space turned into the Zulu nation. And then um, I can't think of the other, the, the, the peacemakers now, they were a gang. Like a whole bunch of gangs that were, were going on in the Bronx. And I just missed that era when I moved to the Bronx because I moved to the Bronx in 73 and they had called that truce in 71. So I didn't really get to see gangs running around and all of that. But I did see the formulation of, breakdance crews and rap crews and you know what I mean? And DJ crews. So I saw the transition. Like I said, I didn't see the gangs because I was never a part of that lifestyle, never was introduced, never had to be involved with any of that. But I did get involved with what came out of that. You know what I mean? And that's the hip-hop culture, you know? All right. I talk a lot, don't I? (laughs) <laughs> nah, man. You, I mean, you, you're, um, you're, you're explaining the the knowledge of you know what what is being missed today, um, with the culture and understanding where it began. Um, everybody, oh, you know, hip hop is fifty. Hip hop is fifty. But, um, we also gotta understand why, who helped it become fifty, where it started at. Why did it start? You know what I'm saying? Um, who who were the main faces 
and things like that, you know, you know, and then another question I asked you, you know, about, you know, groups like, you know, um, Nucleus and, and, uh, you know, the smaller groups, UTFO and, you know, a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of people on during the actual day, a lot of groups and a lot of individuals got upset because they wasn't recognized or they wasn't, you know, on the stage performing and things like that. Um, I know you can't speak with their, for everybody and your opinion. I know you, you know, you, you were around it that whole, you know, weekend, whole week of facilities and stuff. You know, a lot of people, you know, complain and stuff, you know, LL, you know, we all know he got on the main stage and, you know, he was shouting out Houdini and stuff like that. Why, why was that? You know, it was because of polit hip hop politics, you know, your opinion, Rodney, you know, why was that? You know what I'm saying? Well, so you, you basically on. get in where you fit in, right? Cause remember we celebrate in 50 years, right? That means we got five decades of hip hop, but we got 10 generations as well. And most people don't realize that hip-hop changes every five years. You hear what I'm saying? So because of that, right, um, and you're being rated by the industry, right, and not by the culture. See, the culture don't give you accolades like gold records because you don't get those out of the culture. You know what I'm saying? You get that from the industry. So if you do well in the industry, then they give you those type of accolades. But the people who gave birth to hip-hop, a lot of them didn't reach the level that some have. Because there's not a lot, you know what I mean, in the scope of things. When you really look at all of the artists who made it, for everybody who's made it, it's probably a thousand who didn't. You get what I'm saying? So it's not really a lot in that community who made it, but they become the gatekeepers. You get what I'm saying? So, um, and those were the ones who get the calls when the calls are being made. You get what I'm saying? And those who didn't do well in the industry don't get the calls. You get what I'm saying? Like my group, we at first, we set a lot of precedence in the industry, right, because we were first, but we still didn't do well in the music industry. You get what I'm saying? And because we were first is the reason why you know who we are. You get what I'm saying? And if it had right. to do anything with our music, you probably would be, you would probably be like any of the groups that you just named that we know of, but they're not, you know, first and foremost in your mind. Why? Because they didn't do well in the industry. You get what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Or according to industry standards, they didn't do well. You get what I'm saying? So that's, that's the sad part about it. And what, I really, what really gives me the most is that the people who gave birth to this thing are still alive. We drop it like flies now, but we're still alive. And this genre of music is the largest grocery music in the world. <laughs> it's doing better than everything else. You name it, it's doing better than. That's right. Uh, Diva, you, had, you were saying something, Diva? Yeah, I was just saying about the industry. The industry sets the pace for success because you're exposed more. 
And like uh, Rodney was just saying, just because you were the first and, you know, you are, you touch a certain area, if the industry doesn't pick up on you, the rest of the world doesn't know about you, and then you, you don't get your music played. It may be the fact that it was, may not have been the best music, but you just didn't get the exposure for somebody to have an opportunity to like your music or back your music. And, and I know that from being a program director, that the industry, uh, as a program director, they, send us, they used to send us a bunch of music, good, bad, and in between. And we had the we had the first dibs to say, hey, we're going to play this. We're going to make this a hit. may not be the best song, but if we all get behind it and play it and support it, somebody will recognize it, somebody will like it, and it has a better chance of being a successful song. And that particular artist has an opportunity to be known and heard. So, so yeah, that's basically how it goes. Now, I remember when we first signed with Sugar Hill. It must have been about six, seven groups on, on the label at the time. But the radio stations were only playing two rap records at a time. There were no hip-hop mm-hmm. stations. There were no hip-hop programs. There were no, you know what I mean? There was none of that. So you had to deal with the regular format, right? Whatever the, the station was, they would only play two rap records. But if you got seven records and only two going to be played, that means five of them got to get it out the mud in the streets. And that's just what it is. Now it's a whole different because, you know, it's, it's money in the game and, you know, people can buy what they want now. You know what I mean? In the beginning, you know, the playing field was a little more even. You know what I mean? However, you know, they only had a few, like I said. Or radio stations would only play two rap records. So if there's only two rap records, you know, you could kind of guess who they were. And those were the ones who did the, do it the best, the ones you know. <laughs> and that's how yeah, that goes. Yeah, you're right, Rodney, because I was in radio back in the, in the mid-'80s. And uh, you're right. It, it was like this, hip-hop, R&D, and whatever else. And the program director, we had a stack of CDs. And in every CD, the program director had put an X by the songs that you could play. And in that stack, you may have had one rap song or hip-hop song that you could play. And if you deviated from that and played anything else, you got that phone call. We don't have the time slot to play more than just one hip-hop song or uh, just one of two or one of three. Right. You know, but now, now we got novelty shows. We got... You know what I mean? I ended up getting a deal and working for the first black-owned radio station in South London, and we initiated the first hip-hop program for them because nobody in the country was doing hip-hop and nobody could do it. So they were able to get us work permits under, you know, those those uh, reasons. But, you know, it was shortly after that people started picking up on it, you know what I mean? And then... You know, now it's all over the world. <laughs> Everybody got a, a, a hip-hop show. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm just grateful that I helped you give birth to, you know, this whole thing that we got going on called hip-hop. And I appreciate you sharing your story uh, because for as long as I've been in radio, I've been a lover of music. You know, I really just did not know the history of how it got started, where it got started, why. So, so with, with, with you being on 
Hilltop tonight. Thank you, Sean, for this because I I have got some education on this now. Me and Sean talk for hours. (laughs) He called me the professor. He make me laugh every time he say it, though. (laughs) But I've been around from the beginning, and you guys, too. You know what I mean? You guys are in the radio and all of that. So you do understand, like, basically, we had it the hardest because we were first. Yeah. You know, but creating it wasn't an issue. You know what I mean? We did it because it was natural. You know what I mean? We needed to... An outlet. We wanted the party show. This is what we came up with. You know. Let's let's do this. Let's get into one of uh, one of you guys' joints from back in the day, and we'll be right back with little little Rodney C. I call him. We already had the teacher, <laughs> but I call him the professor because the knowledge <laughs> being a teacher is good, but a professor knowledge is knowledge is king. Now I ain't take away from. Karis was so Master I apologize, Karis. Right. Yeah, but we'll get into a quick song. We'll be right back. <laughs> there you go, Scratch. <laughs> Do it too. The party people in the place is just for you to get down, get, get, get. 
kind of woman I want to be mine. You know, he's a joint. Huh, uh, come gotcha. on, do it. Uh-huh. 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 Get funky. natural products that are vital to improve your life. So stop by or give them a call at 980-819-7463. Open Monday through Saturday. That's 980-819-7463. Taj Essentials. Helping you improve you. Welcome back to the Hilltop Radio Show. That was Funky 4 Plus 1, one of the hottest jams I remember back in the day. It's the joint, and we got the, the one of the original uh, creators. I'm going to say one of the original creators of the culture of hip-hop, one of the ones responsible for giving us the 50-year birthday, along with Cool Hurt and all the other great greats that came out of the South Bronx. Back in August of '73, uh, Rodney again, man. Thank you for being part of the show, man. When you, when you when you hear that on the radio, man, how does it make you feel? You know that your your music is still being played today. You know what I'm saying on some radio stations. You know some well, DJs still commercials. You guys' stuff is on commercials. You know on television. You know on movies and stuff. How does that make you feel? Well, it's it's like a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? It feels good on one end, and then on the other end, it's like the worst thing that could ever happen to us. 
You know what I mean? Because we were the beginning. You know what I mean? We were the 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 group that almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we were right there. So I mean to still hear people playing the music is is cool. You know what I mean? We don't make no real money off it now, so it don't really matter other than the fact that, you know, it's still being acknowledged. So I guess on some level, that you know, that has to have uh, be appreciated. You know what I mean? That people still uh, are playing it somewhere on the planet. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I do that. Yeah, it, it feels good, like I said, on one hand, but on the other hand, it feels like a slap in the face as well. Right. Man, let's, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into another thing real quick, man. This controversy on who's the first female MC, who's the queen, who's this, who's that. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you that platform, man, and and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you t- say it because you was there. You know, and you know, so we can just go ahead and you know nip some of this shit in the bud, man. Because me and you talk. Like I said, we talk a lot. When I have a question or something comes, I uh, I always come to you about it and get your opinion on it, or you correct it. So. I'm gonna go ahead and and give you that. Throw the microphone to you, man. Who who's the first MC female MC, man? Who's the first? Okay, we right now today give Shaw Rock credit as being the very first hip hop MC. However, comma there are other people who dispute that fact. Right now. Um, I also knew of someone else who was rhyming at the time that I heard Shaw. And I heard this young lady before I heard Shaw. But this young lady didn't reach the same accolades or to the same level, you know what I mean, in terms right. of notoriety and clientele that Shaw Rock had garnered at that time. You get what I'm saying? So... Um, so we're going to say the first known female MC, Shaw Rock. Okay. You know what I mean? Hands down. You know what I mean? But like I said, there were other, uh, young ladies who were rhyming as well, um, who may not have had access to a sound system like Shaw, the one that Shaw Rock was, had access to, you know what I mean? Or the group may not have had the same notoriety. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people did stuff in their house that you don't know who they are, right? LL told you in one of his records, right? He said, Kamikaze, take a look at what I've done. <laughs> I used to rock in my basement. Now I'm one number one. Mm-hmm. Right? So he told you that he wasn't one of them street dudes like us outside in the park trying to grind and all that, he did it in his house. And he told you that. You get what I'm saying? So, all right. uh, yeah. Next question. <laughs> That's why I like this dude. I mean, because, like, I don't want to get into 
right, you know, right, really right. going hard on who's first and who's not because, like I said, she's the first recognized. You get what I'm saying? And uh, DST, he tells a story about a young lady that was around him. You know what I mean? And then Pebbly Pool is claiming, you know, her, 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 you know, her claim to that throne. And so is Debbie D, right? And all of these are young ladies coming from different angles, right? And they all pretty much are saying the same thing. You know what I mean? Even though you got the most notoriety, I still was doing it when you was doing it, right? So now um, the only thing that they can use are actual tapes and flyers, right? Now, right. if you was with a group that didn't have tapes or flyers, then there's no way to be able to confirm you as being, you know, a part of the development of the culture. You get what I'm saying? So yes. um, that's the only uh that's the only tools that we can use to gauge your existence. If you ain't on a flyer, you ain't on a tape, then how do we know you existed? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that was basically what we use today. You know what I mean? To to be able to, to, to prove somebody's existence. You know what I mean? Like my wife's um, group, the sequence, they want to be credit. They want credit for being a hip-hop group, but they're not a hip-hop group. They never was and they never will be. And the reason why is because they didn't grow up under the same auspices as we did. You get what I'm saying? Now, they claim that they had access to a band. That sounds like Sugar Hill Gang to us because they had a band. You get what I'm saying? We had a DJ with two turntables. So there was the difference. You know what I mean? And, and because they were rhyming in their songs, they want to be credited for uh, hip-hop. But they can only get credit for being first on a rap record, to be the first all-female group on a rap record, because that's what they basically put out, a rap record. And that song was predominantly singing, you know what I mean? And, you know, I can't say that to them, but... It was, and the most people see it that way. It don't look. It wasn't a traditional rap record, you know what I mean? Like we did rap records. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at, listen to all the early rap records. You know, you hear people rapping. You don't hear people singing, and they had the only song that had singing on it. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, that's my take on 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 that. Uh, first female thing, you know. I had Pebbly Pooh working with me on, on a project, my Safe Night project. She was a celebrity judge for me. And, you know, she was telling me, well, I'm the first female, you know, soloist or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, you can't prove it by me, but I ain't going to tell you not to say who you, who you are. You know what I mean? Can't prove none of that by me because I wasn't a part of your growth and development. You know what I mean? Now, my contribution supersedes yours because my stamp was here first. We know that. You know what I mean? Y'all eventually did get a record, but that was after us. So, you know what I mean? I can't speak on what you was doing before that. You know what I mean? All I know is I, I heard of you through a rap record. You know what I mean? I ain't never hear no cassette tapes of you, and I ain't see you on no flyers. 
I'm not going to say they don't exist. I just ain't never seen them. You get what I'm saying? I can't say that about Debbie D either. I've never seen her on, you know, she was never on none of our flyers. You know what I mean? So I can't say what happened after us because we went, like, from the minor league to the major league overnight. You know what I mean? My group, we was only together 16 weeks when we got our first record deal. You know what I mean? We had a few routines, but we didn't have much. You know what I mean? We were still in the developmental stage. You know what I mean? And basically, both record companies wanted us to put what we would put on, on, on a party, you know, what we would do at a party on a record. So basically, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing us at a party, and they just put hooks in, in well, in, in, in um, that's the joint. You know what I mean? Rapping the Rockin' didn't have a verbal hook. <laughs> it had an instrumental hook. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it was basically what we would have done at a party. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then it and then it, and then it fell apart after that. So we got two singles out the deal, and then everything fell apart. All right. Yep. Pebbly Pool was with Master Don and Committee. Their hottest joint was uh, Funk Box. Funk Box. Yeah. And Debbie. Yeah, the Funk Box. Yeah, Debbie D. Her her fame to claim was a little. Uh, part in Beat Street in the uh, Us Girls. Now, name of that she had, has a record with, with, with Wanda D, with Debbie D and Wanda D. They had a record out. I don't know what year it was, but it was after us, so it had to be in the 80s, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then she ended up landing the deal with uh, Shaw and Lisa Lee for the Us Girl situation. Yeah, Harry Harry Belafonte put that together. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that story. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody else got any questions for Mister uh, for the professor before we let him go? Anybody? Yeah, I got a question. Shoes uh, our family. How y'all doing? Victory, my brother. Victory, victory, victory. All right. This your boy, Law Dog, man. What's up, Rodney? What up, Law Dog? Yeah. Yeah, I've been in my A4, man. But check this out. Yo, Rodney, did you tell them about the project that we're doing, about the Safe Night project and about the the duo? Well, we actually didn't. Yeah, we actually didn't get to talk about any of that. You know, uh, we were just talking basically about the history of hip-hop, you know what I mean? And I like talking to Sean, you know what I mean, because he's really interested, you know what I mean? And a lot of people, you know, if everybody thought like Sean about hip-hop, right, the pioneer ranks would have no problems. For sure. You get what I'm saying? Because everybody would know. You know what I mean? And hip-hop is sad, right? Even though it's the largest grouping music in the world now, right, it doesn't support its own, and that's the sad thing about hip-hop, you know? Um, But you were alluding to the uh, Positive Alternative Youth Program that um, you're helping me um, to bring to the world. 
And that's my safe night project, which is drug-free, weather-free, and argument-free. Basically, safe night is a concept that was conceived in Wisconsin um, in the early, in the mid-80s, basically. Um, And uh, it was set up by youth leaders in Wisconsin who felt the need to create environments that were drug-free, weapon-free, and argument-free for young people to be able to congregate. So I'm assuming in Wisconsin at that time, they must have had a real high uh, youth situation going on. So they created Safe Night for young people to be able to come together. Now, Safe Night became a national uh, initiative in 1999. Uh, June 5th, 1999, there was a national kickoff and campaign. 50 states and two other countries were involved. Over 1,000 sites were set up to produce what we called Safe Night USA. I personally assisted in helping to set up six Safe Night sites in New York City. And we had a total of 23 sites. I believe we had the most across the country. I like the Safe Night concept so much that I began to replicate Safe Nights out of my own pocket. And from 99 to 2012, I produced over 100 Safe Nights in New York utilizing the New York City school system. Um, and I ended up having to take a hiatus uh, because I had gotten married and, you know, life being life. So I ended up putting the project down for a while. But I'm relaunching the project now because it's a major need for it now. These young people are really, really going crazy. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's just sad that young people all over are on the same page. You know what I'm saying? They all mad about the same thing. And it's sad that 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 they are the the the, the, the survivors of the 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 last drug walkers, you know, they drop new drugs on us every ten years. So, you know, one when when we when I was coming up it was heroin. So everybody I know, right? That was before me, was either dealing with heroin, you know what I mean? Then it went from that to the coke, from coke to crack, from crack to this, 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 uh, molly and the meth and, you know what I'm saying? So the drugs is, is changing, but there's no epidemic until white people get involved, you know what I'm saying? So as long as we doing it, it's not an epidemic and they don't care. And they utilize those, uh, uh, those drugs, you know, to mobilize us, you know what I mean? And that's basically what they use to, to, to stop the the Black Panthers and to stop the the uh, the 5% and well, not the 5% is the um, the Muslims with, with, with their, you know what I mean? Um, they stop the, uh, the the civil rights movement, you know what I mean? And basically it was drugs that, that, that they used to to stop the people. Because basically all it is, they didn't want us to congregate, and they already knew. And I'm just me talking from my, you know, my spirit, man. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so 
And uh, we are reaping the rewards that were definitely promised in the Bible to us, however, comma. You know what I mean? We are, we ain't got it together. These kids millionaires and they're killing each other. Not realizing that they're giving that money right back to the record company. You know what I mean? But right. what's going on? And, you know, my thing is right now for young people, felony reduction. You know what I mean? Because that's the only thing that they that they have over us over us is the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth amendment, which guarantees and ensures us as so called African Americans that if we get felonies, we automatically revert back to slavery status. Now a lot of people don't know what that means and a lot of people don't understand. You get what I'm saying? But that means if you get a felony, you're you're a slave all over. That's what that means. No no chains, no whips, none of that. You just locked out of the American dream. So you can't have it that they laid it out for you. You hear what I'm saying? And that's the whole key. Now, if you can't get it the way that they set it up for you, then how are you going to get it? You see what I'm saying? You don't have too many choices now. Now, remember when y'all was young, and I'm sure each one of y'all can attest to what I'm getting ready to say. When you was in school, they had every class you could think of. They had metal. They had wood. They had cooking. Yeah. They had all the mechanics. They had, you know, ain't none of them programs in the schools now. These kids are not learning to do nothing with their hands, period. Right? Now, to to, to, to get that, you got to go to a trade school. Nine times out of ten, you got to pay for that. You see what I'm saying? So they, they, they charging you to learn a trade. And then before, we built America. They didn't know how to do nothing. We did it all. And then they flipped it on us once they so-called gave us freedom that they ended up taking back from us through a loophole. It's crazy. And young people just need to know that. And I don't care what you do with your life because I can't tell you what to do. And I ain't got no, no solutions, you know what I mean, to make your life better. All I'm going to tell you is do whatever you can to safeguard yourself from getting them felonies first. That's what's going to be your Achilles, uh, what they call that, Achilles heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to be the camel that destroyed and break the back. Them felonies. And that's all they're putting on us. If they ain't killing us in the street, they're giving us felonies. You know what I mean? And they're doing both. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, 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 I apologize, y'all. No, you good. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, let's scrap on from Louisiana there. You know, uh, I like first. I like to thank y'all for that that push that y'all you know initiated with hip hop. You know, South Fifty Five. So we didn't. I got into hip hop in like eighties, you know, and everything. Uh, so I like to thank you for that. And here's my uh, the question I want to ask: Is that Safe Night Initiative? Uh, I definitely like to hear, uh, get some more knowledge on that because. Here in Shreveport, in Louisiana, we got three cities that we ranked the number one, and these kids are killing each other. And I, I and that sort of speaks to my soul about you know having something like that being uh, started here in Louisiana. And I definitely I want to do some research on it and see about you know what it can be done here in my city. Well, basically, like I said, Safe Night is just a concept, right? And basically. 
it was a national initiative that came down from the president at the time. And basically, uh, this concept obviously got to his desk or somebody um, close to him, and he just went on and signed off on it. So in June of 99, there was a national campaign. So everybody that was a part of a CBO um, had to do uh, a safe night. Now, safe night is just like national night out. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with national night. That's the police department's uh, right. response. It's the same thing. The only difference is they only do it once a year, and it's the first Tuesday in August every year. And every precinct in the country participates or produces a national night out. This initiative, Safe Night, was the same when I first got it, right? Um, but after they did the initial uh, launch, um, I liked it so much that I just kept doing Safe Nights because I liked the concept. Um, and there's a story behind that of why I really got into it, but that at that point became my mission. You know what I mean? So I got behind that Safe Night concept, and I pushed it. Uh, like I said, I did it for 12, 13 years. I serviced over 10,000 youth doing safe nights um, citywide. I had locations in every borough except Staten Island, and I had multiple schools that I was working out of. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, however, comma, now I see a need for this program to be implemented again. Young people have to really understand their power and not be so angry you know what I mean? Because they don't see their future. And the whole thing is right. they got to be able to see, see options. And as long as they got options, they'll pick a choice. They'll pick something. But if you've got nothing and you think you got nothing and all you hear is nothing, yeah, you're going to get into something that's going to get you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, I oh, mean, yeah. you are uh, uh, they're a product of your environment. You know what I'm saying? Now, you got, you got flowers that grow out of the concrete, yes, but they few and far between. You know what I'm saying? And those are the, the ones who have a break or an opportunity that they take advantage of, and it worked for them. You know what I'm saying? So the whole thing is providing young people with opportunities, you know what I mean, and letting them find themselves. Now, the, a built-in population is young people who have already had uh, contact with the judicial system, right, and creating an ATI for them, an alternative to incarceration, right, which ain't nothing but a program where these kids would have to come, you know, report, you know what I mean? You do a little plan for them, right, and once they complete that plan, they graduate, and they can go on with their lives, you know what I mean? Um, because a lot of them, Right, a caught up environmentally. You know what I'm saying? So, and a lot of them are, are basically bullied into being a part of that world because they got to live. They got to be able to go to school and they got to be able to survive. And it's the same if they go to jail. They got to join uh, 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 some kind of organization to be able to survive. That's just crazy, but that's where we at. And that's a part of our culture. You know what I mean? So 
I, our thinking has to change. You get what I'm saying? And I think if we can get young people to think differently, then, you know, I think we will. Well, there I go. I'm going to use my spiritual man started the, 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 the preach just now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's what um, could be done to help young people. And I'm quite sure that other people have other ideas and other strategies as well. You know what I mean? I just know you got to give young people what they want before you can give them what they need. You know what I mean? Right. So, and if you don't give them what they want, they're not hearing what you're talking about. I really, it really don't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got to get their attention by giving them something that they want. And once you do that, you got them. You know what I mean? And then we'll sit down with you. Because my program started out, like I said, it just started out as a little talent search that turned into like an impromptu rights of passage program. You know what I mean? Because I was a, a youth counselor at the time and I was working, you know, with youth at the, at the time, it was real easy to really make it a program. I just never really had the funding, but I paid for it out of my pocket, you know, because I really wanted it to happen, and I made it happen. Right. I, said, well, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring it up. The reason why I didn't bring it up because I was bringing you back on another night, so we discussed that when we had, um, you know, other people on uh, for you know for the right. new stuff for different. That's why I didn't bring it up. But Low Dog, you know, sometimes he acts like he's the the leader of this show, so you know what I mean. He he's got to, you know, he he got to get his wife on, his wife all shine. So, I, I, I I get it, I get it. <laughs> so that means Low Dog, you jumped the gun. That's all. But that means we just got to come back and get into it in depth and really talk about it. You know what I mean? That's all. Yeah, yes, because that that was for another night that we're gonna bring that on, but a different night. Yeah. So, so Rodney, um, any artists that are coming in, you know, coming into the industry, man? What before we let you go, man? What advice do you, would you give those young women and young men? Say that again. You broke up. What advice would you give young women, young men that are coming into the, you know, the hip hop rap scene? What advice would you give them? Well, it's the same advice I would give anybody, young or old. Be good at what you do, but be better at the business behind what you do. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to be the best artist. If you know how to take care of your business, you will do well. All right. Amen. Mr. Rodney C., man, I appreciate your time and energy, man. And, you know, we'll be talking. And I bless you, my brother. Well, once again, I want to thank you guys for taking time out to have me be a part of your broadcast this evening. And, you know, I hope you guys learned some stuff from me. And, listen, I'm an open book. You know, if you have any questions, you know what I mean, feel free to get at me. And, you know, the next time we talk, make sure you wrote them down and we can go through them, man. You know what I mean? Because I love talking about hip-hop. All right. 
Mr. Rodney C., thank you, my brother. You're welcome, brother. And everybody, you guys enjoy the rest of your evening. You as well, brother. All right. All right. We'll be right back, you guys. I gotta, I gotta play this again. What about me would make you think that I care about your opinion of me? Your opinion of me is not the opinion that I have of myself. You ain't make me, so you can't break me. You didn't build me, so you can't kill me. You know what? God God established me, so there ain't nothing you can do to me. I've been dealing with this foolishness since peewee football, man. I've been him. I've been a difference maker, a game changer. I've been that guy. So what would change now that I'm coaching? Not a darn thing. I'm not even playing the game, and you got an opinion of me. I'm not even on the field. But I'm pretty sure I get every darn coach I'm playing against, head coaches, <laughs> and anything you want to do. But I, I, I love it, but I don't care. And I wish the world thought like that. Youngsters, if you're out there right now, do not give a darn what opinion people have of you, as long as that opinion is not consistent of that of yourself. You be you. I'm not planning to make you feel good about me. I already feel good about me. I'm good. It's a message for the youngsters out there and the oldest, old school, not old fools. That's the message. That's the message for tonight, tomorrow, next week, next month. You know, everybody has their opinion. That's all they. That's all they have is their opinion. Keyword: their opinion about you. And most of them, when they do have opinion about you, who do they run to? They run to a bunch of group. They run to a group of people that all that has opinion about you as well, and opinion about the one that's coming to them about the opinion on you. Does that make any sense what I just said? <laughs> yes, sir. Makes a lot of sense. So, in nine times out of ten, and I, and I'm just going to put this out there, it's it's our brothers, the men, that have an opinion on someone, but they're not running to the brothers about it. They're running to the women. Why? Because that's all they have to run to is the women. Because nine times out of ten, if you're real and you run into a brother about somebody, they're going to tell you, mind your business or, or put you in your place. But we have men that walk around here with the chest poked out and supposed to be your boy, and they backing up the dummy that's talking about you. Scared to say something to them because what, an industry, a record, a beat? Or something that's not even something that's not even getting you on radio or airplay. That's the stupidity that we we black people are 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 up against. Stupidity, stupidity against stupidity. Everybody's got their opinion, but what about the opinion on yourself? What's what's, the, what's your own opinion on you? That that you failed to talk about. Think about that. We're gonna go into this song. This is the latest song from Ernie Isley, his daughter, uh, Alex Isley, Paradise. We'll be right back. 
Alex Isley, Paradise. Uh, be right back. Let's do this real quick. Uh, Scrap Iron, let them know where they can follow you at. Yes, sir. Uh, you can catch me at uh, Scrap Iron for God on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, Carl K. Sanders. Uh, you can catch me on uh, it's New UNG Music with Money Mike and the Family. Um, and here on the Hilltop Radio Show with DJ Sean and All Star. Get at me. Yes, sir. Uh, Bonita Applebaum. Yeah, Bonita Applebaum. Let them know. You can follow me on Facebook at Bonita Applebaum, on Instagram at The Real Bonita Applebaum, also on YouTube and on all major music platforms. Bonita Applebaum, and right here on the Hilltop Radio Show, Bonita Applebaum. Boom. All right, that's where the female was coming from. Um, Yolanda False Lady, you're on with us. Let them know where they can follow you at. Yes, you can follow me at um, YKKNetwork.com, Instagram, uh, First Boss Lady, uh, Facebook, First Boss Lady. Um, Just Google me. I'm Googleable. And uh, here on uh, Hilltop Radio, which they show and, uh, All right. Diva's Den, the Diva. Yes, you can follow me on social media, Facebook, the Diva's Den, the Soul and Blues Top 20 Airplay page. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Diva1039, right here as a part of the Hilltop All-Stars. And also, I'm on nine other stations across the country to find out that. Just log on. Social media, Facebook, the Diva said, and you'll see all the other stations that I'm on. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to have to get a little dog a nickname, the boss. Boss, let everybody know where they can follow <laughs> you at. Yo, you can follow me on Instagram, Law Entertainment Group, and also you can follow me on Lawrence Freeman, Vision Company 500 on Facebook. Also, you can follow me on um, JC music.com at law slash law dog and also you can follow me law entertainment group law egroup.com and right here on the on the hilltop radio show i miss anybody i think i got everybody um i'm sorry y'all somebody's texting me I apologize. Oh, yeah, you guys, make sure y'all keep uh, Double Chocolate's niece. Niece was in a terrible accident over the weekend. Uh, make sure you keep her her uh, niece and y'all's prayers, please. And uh, from yes, the please. car that uh, she showed me was, ooh, I'm surprised. I'm surpr- I'm, thank God that they survived that crash. Ooh-wee. Um, so just make sure you keep, um, her and, and her family, um, in y'all's prayers, please. Yeah. And, um, uh, the next show is, uh, uh, Diva, go ahead and let everybody know, uh, Thursday, yeah, Thursday night's a double hitter, who we have on. 
Yep. Oh, you bring We it. got uh, the legendary Vic Allen, and we also got to have newcomer to the scene, the Southern Soul scene, J.L. Thompson. Uh, it promises to be a very uh, eye-opening uh, show about those who have been in the business for a long time and the newcomers in the business. And I want you all to focus on with me how they can help each other. Because, Sean, you said yourself tonight that, that there's a lot of jealousy that goes on in the industry, um, a lot of it. And, and when you when you got two artists, a new artist and an old school artist, uh, an artist that's been in the business for a while, they can help that new artist instead of holding on to everything for themselves because they've got to be willing to pass the torch. And so we're going to talk to Vic Allen about who passed the torch to him and how he can help JL to stay in the business, be more relevant in the business, and also how he can hold his hand out to get the torch next. All right. It's going to be an interesting uh, show. It's going to be a, a, a dope show as well because Vic Allen's the one that, like you say, he's a pioneer in the game, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say as well. He's real like um, L.J. Eccles, so I, I can't wait um, for that one. Um, also, uh, Industry Night is going is the last Thursday of um, October, and um, which is I think the twenty seventh. Um, that night we have an uh, entertainment lawyer has been in the game and still is in the game over forty plus years. I think going on over fifty years, if I'm not mistaken. And then we also have. Um, we also have a voting member of the Grammy Awards. He will be on board with us. Let us know, uh, talking to us about how you how do you get nominated for for a Grammy? Because you got a lot of these Southern Soul artists out there dropping. Oh, I was nominated for a Grammy Award and all this and that bogus lies. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, so he's going to explain how you get how you get nominated. The real coming from one of the horses' mouth, and also we have a program direct uh, uh, program director from one of the biggest um, radio um, groups in 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 the United States. Um, she'll be on with us, and she's going to be explaining uh, how. How radio really works, the 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 behind the scenes on how you guys really give your understanding on how you really get your music played in the right way of su- submitting and this and that. How you get your royalties from your music, and they can also detect when a song isn't mixed or mastered, isn't registered right, and it's gonna it's gonna be an incredible show come industry night. And then, of course, I'm going to be playing. And then we also have um, another hip-hop icon. Um, I'm just waiting for his confirm. Once he confirms, then I'll start uh, allowing you guys, not allowing, I'll start letting you guys know who he is, one of the biggest icons in in the industry and on TV as well, because he's in the industry and he's on TV as well. So... Um, just waiting on that confirm. Once that confirms, uh, once he confirms, then um, so we'll have one of the biggest, un- 
part two of the industry night. Each month when we're doing industry night, we picking um be picking uh artists, music to play. Um and shouts out to Sweet Nay. Uh our last one for and uh dot dot uh, mumba for coming on live and, and, and uh taking the constructive criticism um that we had on the show uh last month with the three that were on and that's how that's how you know an artist is re- that's how you know that they're the type of artists that you want to work with because they took the constructive criticism and they didn't get mad they didn't get an attitude they didn't say oh you don't know what you're talking about they sat there and took notes and went back and fixed the issues that the panel said they needed to work on so congratulations to them and also um another station that I do on <coughs> excuse me Saturdays uh Peace Free Radio FM on Saturdays from 3 from 3 to 6 live um we we did our first verse I did the first verses we had uh Kanisha against Miss Brown Sugar and man let me tell you um that that um after after the show it was still votes coming in and I'm still getting votes today from the weekend. Um, people were still voting and uh Miss Miss Brown Sugar ended up winning it. But I'm s i am ended up getting votes up until nine, ten o'clock that night and again uh today this still was voting a lot of people still think it's going on but it's you know it's over with so our next one our next one's coming up is the men and that is going to be saturday this saturday coming you guys and we have uh diva diva's den uh artist will gatlin against um die dia grover both of them are are entertainers got some tremendous voices and they're both police officers so that's good you know the, that's 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 and they and i uh i put it together like that because the, the brothers are real brothers and i can't wait for that one and just to let you know diva they are starting to vote for um um well no dia i haven't seen anything come in from will yet but they are really? starting well, yeah, we, I, we need to we need to do something about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To do so. About that. What are you What are you playing? What do you What do you have of his that you're playing? Um, it's whatever song he wants played. I don't. I, it's not my. It's not my decisions. Whatever song. It's oh, one song. It's one song. You talk. You talk. What? Oh, well, I got some more. Do you, Would you like some more music? No, we're, I'm only playing. We're only playing. So there's only one song that they're gonna be uh, focused on. Just their main song that they're pushing. Whatever song that they're pushing is the song that's being voted on. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what that is. Cause um, never mind. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss it tomorrow. We'll, you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll we'll talk yeah, about it more tomorrow. Just got quiet because so, I know we're gonna talk about it. That's all right. <laughs> and also, uh, you guys missed um, industry night uh, last week. 
Um, it was official. Uh, Benita, you want to talk about uh, you were brought up and uh, what happened with you? I know she's there. Uh, hmm. Where's she at? She's up there on the board. Probably, probably dealing with the mute button. Um, but uh, anyway, she uh, is official. The one of the uh, uh, one of the um, executives from Universal is interest um they're very interested in uh signing Bonita the first of the year twenty twenty four. Uh hey, that's so, all right. Yeah, yeah, so awesome. um you know, I, I I've said this on um shows before. Um I get a lot of uh I get a lot of negative feedback on uh well, why don't you do, why, you know, this artist or that artist? Um, because every every artist has a different sound. And when somebody calls me and says, uh, DJ Sean, uh, we're looking for this particular style, but she has to have, or he has to have this type of sound. So then I know who to go after or find that particular artist. Why? Because, you know, Diva can, uh, same thing. We listen to thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of artists' music on a daily basis. And if there's one if there's one artist that catches my ear, I write their name down and put a star by their name in the song. And then I go back and listen and I listen and I listen to the song. And then if if and then I and then I'm like, you know what, they're missing something. And then I'm able to call, you know, like, you know, over the weekend I called scrap. I said, Scrap, listen to the song that's missing something. Or I'll call other big-time producers or engineers, and I'll send them that artist's music. What is they missing? You know, if it's a whole list of something that they're missing, I don't push it, to, I don't push it over to the music across the doorstep. I'll find another artist. I'll just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Some artists are ready, but some artists' ego, one, if you got a fucked up ego, I don't fool with you. If you're if you think you're better than others, I don't fool with you. You know, it's a whole list of why I don't I have because I'm not I'm not going to burn my reputation over an artist that's not ready or they think they ready or they think they this and think they that and you know and they're rude and they're you know, think that they're better than the music. Um, I'm not putting, I'm not tarnishing my, who I am because of that. I'm not going to do that. That's the reason why I don't, 
I don't do a lot of people. I don't push a lot of people because a lot of people aren't ready. And, you know, and it's hard for some, some artists to understand that. Uh, you know, so I'm like you, Sean, I, I just break it down if I have the time and if they're willing to listen. But if they got that cocky attitude, you just don't want to play my song or, or that, you know, that attitude, I just, I nicely tell them, well, if, you, if you're that cocky and you don't want to listen to uh, my over 35 years of, of uh, knowledge, um, I suggest that you continue to search for the radio station that will play it because I'm sorry I cannot support that. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I can do a favor. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They're, 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 your opinion, dude. No, I'm just playing. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like stay yeah. humble so you don't have to be humble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because, you, 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 you know, 2024 is, is right around the corner, and the industry is starting to really get wide open. You know, uh, people talking about uh, all these artists are doing covers. Okay, but the industry is opening up the door for the artists to do covers. See, is is knowing is to know, but not knowing. Some people just need to be quiet and stop running their mouths because they don't know what they're talking about, and it irritates uh-uh. me because just because I'm pro- I'm pro- I get. I'm promoting 20, 30-some people's music. What what does that mean? That doesn't really mean anything. But if I if I can't take those 20, 30-some artists that I, music I'm promoting, Facebook, YouTube, uh, what, TikTok, uh, what else, Instagram. So tell me how what? many executives... And major labels actually hang out on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. A small percent percentage, and that's not even five of your fingers. Exactly. So if I'm this so called big time promoter and I'm I'm doing that, but then they get mad because of industry night over here because I'm able to take a Bonita Apple Bombs music or a Scrap Irons music or a Lodal's music and take it to the industry across their doorstep without going through a bunch of red tape and going, going the third party, fourth party, fifth party, answering this phone call, you know, waiting on that person. I don't have to do that. I can do that. But they get mad because... They can't do that, and then when I run my mouth about it, they upset. Cause it's the truth. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So you're only from you're only promoting their music. Why? Because you're getting paid to do it, but you're not giving them nothing out of it. Christmas time is coming. I'm getting ready to give major distribution away just for a Christmas gift. I don't have to, but we're going to. Whoever needs it is going to get it. You got it's it's. See, they hate when I say giving back. You know, you got a, you got this artist down. And, you know, I hate to ramp and rave tonight because I'm I'm a little irritated. But you got this artist down here in South Carolina, female artist. 
and I I I was at a I was at a showcase. I mean, this showcase was one one of the biggest showcases. They brought me in, put me in VIP, and had me one of the voters. And they had all you know. She was a female, and first of all, no stage presence, couldn't sing, and stood in one place the whole night. And her husband is is her is her manager, and he swears that she's the hottest thing to coming out of South Carolina. Then had a nerve. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't have the nerve to ask me how come I haven't uh, asked her to come on the show or anything. For what? She can't sing. And that's exactly what I told her. She can't sing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some people are, are, are tone deaf. <laughs> of course, you think she's singing because that's your wife. Yeah. You know, if you say she ain't gonna sing, you ain't gonna get none or whatever how you whatever how your relationship exactly. is behind closed door. But I told him straight up she can't sound sing. Good. Sound good, baby. Yeah. She can't you can't <laughs> sing. I said the whole night she stood in one place like she was hurting. See, now see now I'm gonna start keeping it real with people. I'm gonna start hurting their feelings and stuff because that's what's needed. I'm gonna start hurting people's feelings. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I got to do it. Hey Sean, it's hard to keep it real if it start off fake. Give it to them, bro. Exactly. Yep. Give it to them exactly. exactly. No. Well, no more, Mister Nice Guy. I don't give a damn. You about? To, I don't Make give a damn. Nice I don't give a damn about what? What about me? would make you think that I care about your opinion of me. Your man. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-uh. So. Sean, I used to tell him that, that, tell you what you need to do. You need to remain a local hometown celebrity because you'll never be a national celebrity. Because <laughs> your, your local hometown, that that's your mama, your dad, and your cousins, your auntie, your uncles, your homeboys, your homegirls. They're always gonna blow you up. It's great. It sounds fantastic, man. That's hot. But you cannot go any further than your hometown or your local community. You got that right. <laughs> I call them homers. Not hit the home run, but they homers. That's all they're gonna be is home, home, homeschool entertainment. That's all you're gonna be. Nothing outside your town you're going to be on. (laughs) I had one one talk about, oh, I'm about my business and everything. I connected him with one of the biggest promoters out of Texas. And this cat had a show in his own backyard, and nobody called him to get on it. Now that's sad, but then you walk around here and talk about you about your business. You can't even get on a show in your own backyard because you mm-hmm. you don't have no name. So then, trying to help like I do, 
I connected with one one of the biggest promoters out of out of Houston, Houston, Texas. Man said, on the strength of DJ Sean calling me, I I do have a show come another show coming up in your hometown. Call me this day and I'll get you on and get you paid. But I'm all about my business. Called him. He didn't return the call or didn't even show up in your own backyard. Oh. Then you walk around here like you something. <laughs> now, see, I could be ignorant. I could be ignorant and say names and then bring them because I'll, I'll do receipts. I had the receipts. So don't get me started on these fake ass wannabes out here thinking they doing something or saying something. And then you got these other ones that sit up there and gossip with them. And then when they bring somebody's name up, you you scared to put them motherfuckers in their place. Not me. I had somebody talk mm-hmm. about Rob recently. I said, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. First of all, you don't know you don't know her to be talking about her like that behind her back. You don't know her. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I said, well, hold on. Since you have a, you know, since you you know your blood pressure's up and stuff like that, let me get her on the phone. Soon as I mm-hmm. went to go bring Robert on the phone, the person hung up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God! Seriously, the person hung up. Real talk. I can show you. I can screenshot you. I can screenshot it and show you guys. Real talk. The person hung the phone up. Why? Because I'm getting another person that you're talking about. Be brave enough, yeah. be brave enough to say it in their face. Exactly. And that's what I do. <laughs> and that's how I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't get behind me. You know what I'm saying? Don't get behind me and talk about you my boy and all this and that. But then when you get a phone call somebody talking about talking about me, you ain't taking up for me. No, I don't. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't put me in your boys uh category. Yeah. Real talk. Don't do that. That's that's insulting my intelligence. I'd rather for you to hit me with your car or slap me your damn self than doing some right, right. BS like that. Real talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. real friendship is tested by how people defend you when somebody's talking about you behind your back. <laughs> man, let me say this, man, in in a scrap. This is no disrespect to you or, or low dog. You know, this this I'm my brother's keeper. That it's no more of that no more. It's it's more Cain and Abel. It's more Cain and Abel than my brother's keeper out here now. I agree. You know, it's it's very few men, bro, nowadays that can can stand on their word. If I, you know, and I'm gonna tell you, with me, I pride myself on three things, and it's, it's in it's I treat people the way I want to be treated. I believe mm-hmm. what I say. It's hard to keep it real. We start off say, and the other one is before I bullshit, you ain't going to mess with you. That's right. And it always works for me. And I never had nobody to, you know, to come at me sideways or even really talk bad on my name. But, you know, everybody ain't cut like that, you know. Built. They, mm-hmm. Everybody's built from a different cloth. And yeah. nine times out of ten, their cloth is cotton. What do you do with cotton? <laughs> oh, cotton apart. Take granny panties. 
Make right. Right. <laughs> right. Boys, they cousins. <laughs> they say make granny panties, right? <laughs> That's real talk, though. That's real. And, and I'm going to use Benita as an example with, for me. I, I was introduced to Benita in 2016, and I watched Benita grow, grow to yeah. who she is today. And I watched her, you know, and she came on the show. And I and I and I got a liking to her because her style was different. She was real about who she is as an artist. She don't she don't mm-hmm. cut no corners. She speaks her mind. She say how she feels and she feels what she says. And you know, and a lot of people promised her this and promised her that and this and that. And I told her, I said, give me some time, and I'm gonna get you where you where you supposed to be at in your career. I said, give me some time. This was some years ago. And now the time has come. And I got her where she's supposed to be at, where she needs to be at. And they're crazy about her. Sometimes sometimes I have to call them up and be like, oh, man, I don't know if it is the right fit now because she's gone postal now. I'm just playing. <laughs> Uh, but, but that's you know, that's just what I see and do, and and I, you know, being in the industry, starting out in the industry, as young at fourteen, you know, and I'm fit, getting ready to go, getting ready to turn fifty, fifty four next year. Man, that's forty years in the business. And then you got, and then you got people. That, you know, you connect people with people and stuff like that. And then you know, when you when you connect somebody with somebody, I'm grateful for that. You know, but then that person that they connected you with, then you be then you become friends with them and doing business with them. Then the person that's con- you connected with, they jealous because of the outcome that's happening with you and them. That's because one, we both were, we both probably, both people were probably still minded, you know, business savvy, on the same page, you know, doing almost probably similar same things, and then you talk all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. And you take that training, you keep you keep introducing, you keep introducing, you know, like yeah. like Ronnie was on here. You know, and I didn't bring up, you know, the the Satan night thing. Um, you know, with his program, I didn't connect him with juvenile, the juvenile system, juvenile corrections system down in uh, Dade County, Miami, Florida. Um, the um, I connected him with Dayot Grover down there in Mississippi, the police officer. Um, And then um, they got something going on in Tennessee. Tennessee, I'm going to be a part of with them um, in Tennessee. And there's somewhere else, somewhere else. Oh, the, the Board of Education out of Maryland 
and two different counties I connected him with that they're going to be bringing him down doing something in each of those counties. And then um, Seattle, the Seattle school system in Seattle, Washington, just by using the resources that I have as being a referee and working for those school systems in Maryland, I was able to connect. And my, and my uncle being one of the head supervisors down there in Miami, in Miami at the correctional juvenile correctional facility as well. So it's, it's connecting people, connecting people that make sense. Not connecting people with people just because you have that person's number in your pocket and you're trying to be a big dog. That's not you, – you connect people with people that it's going, it's going to benefit that person or persons. Yeah. Yeah. So that's some of the things that's – that's going on that's coming up the the month of October uh and the ones that please come the thirty first please take your Halloween uh costumes off and don't wear it for another whole year. please take your <laughs> Halloween costumes off and hang it up you know in your closet or in your drawer. Don't wear it for another twenty twenty four to twenty 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 five please that's all I got to say. Anybody got anything else? Uh, Benita, you got something coming up? Benita, I know, because I heard a laugh a few minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going oh, to smoke session um, Thursdays in October. I'll be doing a smoke session on the Hilltop Radio Show. Um. Also, um, working on getting my video released um, for this month. Maybe not this month. I'm not sure. It depends on. You just show up. Finish doing the paperwork. So yeah. Um, my birthday is this weekend. Coming up in Biloxi. Um, <gasps> How, how old are you going to be? How old you say? Grown. Then you about made me choke. Then you say grown. Yeah. Well, that's no one how she is. I tried. He knew the outcome of that. I knew it. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm sitting here. I'll sit here holding my chair. <laughs> Ready for that tornado to come back. <laughs> All right. Miss uh, Miss uh, Boss Lady, I know you got Miss uh, Mayor of Atlanta. What you got coming up? <laughs> she not there? Gone. What you got coming up, Scrap? Oh well, 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 well. Well, actually, just uh, just trying to continue to finish shooting this video for Just and Blessed. I've been waiting on some other stuff to come in so we can go on and you know shoot certain scenes of it. But you know that's what I'm working on. Some video for Yes, I'm Blessed. 
What you got coming on? I see you all booed up now. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay. That's 31 years later, man. 31 years later. Oh, so I got the uh, campaign fundraiser for lady running for mayor. Um, She's doing a sneaker ball, and she got me, and they got me performing live on that show. Oh, okay. My dog booed up now, y'all. He got himself a boo, a tenderoni. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say, what? Yeah, he oh, had boy, me now, Ain't no more double chocolate no more, y'all. He got his own chocolate bar. <laughs> I know, dog. Putting all these yeah, young spookies. <laughs> that's the show queen. But, yo, um, I would like to thank uh, Bless, man. We went in the studio on Saturday, man, and it was a great thing doing my new single coming out real soon, man. going to be hot. Hey, hey, hey loud out. This what crap, it is, man. Crap. Look, this time, man, make sure I do get some of the mozzarella, bro. I got to try to show what you that? what I got. Oh, so I'm coming sure for you, Bless. Give I'm me the mozzarella. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm coming down to the Weezy. I feel you. <laughs> I want me a little bit of that. I was just thinking about the day. I wanted that little Zydeco sound up in that joint. I'm, I'm getting ready to go in the studio. My damn self. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Take the DJ. I'm, I'm recreating <laughs> Houdini's friends. I'm recreating that. <laughs> hey, is it going to keep the same thrill? Is it going to be who want to be bothered with them? That's right. Who want to be bothered with them? Friends. Do you really uh-uh. fucking need them? Friends. <laughs> are you? Are they your friends for real, friends? You got yeah. that right. <laughs> uh, Steve was dead. What you got going on? Going on? Well, coming up on the 21st of October, uh, my son and his um, cross-away fraternity brother are celebrating their uh, birthdays on the same night. It's the third annual Black Tie Sneaker Gala right here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the Black Hole. Uh-oh. There's a lot of shit over there in the black hole. Is there something you want to tell us? What going hey, what goes on in the black hole? Uh, he's nah, telling y'all it's a place it's a place to be. Hilltop Radio and the All Stars need to come up with a with somebody to have down here and we can do it up. Uh I can say that mm. M. Callie rolled through for my birthday party and uh did an awesome show. Uh yes. they liked him so much uh they they're willing to bring him back. So since Will Gatlin is back uh, home uh, from um, losing his daughter, we're going to talk tomorrow night. And maybe, just maybe, since he was going to come for me on the 23rd, I can get him to come here on the 21st for my son's birthday party. And, uh, excuse me, the black tie sneaker gala number three. (laughs) I'm going to come up with that. I'm going to come up with that with some bobos. 
Y'all remember that? Y'all remember them sneakers, bobos? That's what I'm coming up in there with some bobos. <laughs> and you, you might just win the prize. Every year they give away a cash, they give away a cash prize for the best sneaker. Man, let me tell you something. Back in the day, uh, Dollar General. I don't know. They did they still? Dollar General used to sell a brand called Cougars. C U G. No pun intended. Don't go there. Hey, <laughs> man, listen. That's what the hell we wore in middle school. Hey, man. DJ. Uh-huh. Hey, DJ Chun, did y'all have a store called Pick and Pay who sold them yeah, Cougars? Yeah, we had Pick and Pay, too. And we used to yeah, get the yeah. – and Cougars used to come in a high top, a running shoe, and, and, auto, and an artificial turf shoe. For football, <laughs> man, you had them Bruce Lee yellow sneakers, did you? No, I had the Bruce Lee's, but I, I did, did have, have I did have, a, I did have a pair of hot times that were kangaroos. Y'all remember kangaroos? <laughs> yeah, with the zip on the side of the shoe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, it wasn't no damn Adidas and you know Nike and it stuff like that. Shit, we got our motherfucking stickers at the grocery store. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, DJ Sean. Matter of fact, they had the um the Adidas a lookalike in the Cougars. Yeah, they Remember did. Remember that? Yeah. They had the yep. same Cougars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got our underwear, our underwear, our um t-shirts. And sneakers and stuff from the grocery store. Yep, sure did. AMP. Yes, sir. Damn right. We had all that Piggly Wiggly. AMP. David, you remember them stores? Or that was way before. Yeah, you had to remember them. <laughs> your sneaker dress. Get you a um uh what is what's down there? Uh let's see Florida Marlins will go with them sneakers. Uh-uh, I gotta have a winning team. Oh, okay. 
that's, that's a great idea. A sneaker dress. They make them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm looking. I, I'm Googling it right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, not sneaker dress. I jersey. One my... Jersey dress. I'm sorry. It's called oh, I got jersey. a jersey. Mm-hmm. Jersey dress. Yeah. I, got, I got one yeah. of those. I, I wore that to the first yeah, I got a young lady in the video with purple chucks and purple jersey uh, jersey dress on. Mm-hmm. I want to get I want to get a female in one of my referee shirts. That's <laughs> the referee <laughs> shirt though, huh? <laughs> you could throw a, you could throw a flag on me, baby. <laughs> you really on outside holding me, ten yards, ten. That, that was that that was corny. Outside. Illegal, illegal use of the hands. <laughs> oh, I sent you all that picture of me in my in my <laughs> illegal use of the Five hands. Five yards away number, from the bed. Number eleven. Huh. Penalty. The penalty the is five yards. Oh. Come here, boy. <laughs> We say little. She's probably going to try to challenge the call, Sean. She's probably going to try to challenge. No, she ain't going to challenge the illegal use of the hands. Trust me. I'm going to throw a block. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hmm. Oh yeah, oh that is. You know, plenty of blocks. You can be my fullback. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Diva on stage, boy, dancing, doing something. That's. I'll be the quarterback. I'll be under center. Hey, Diva, what you was shaking on stage? What you were doing, Diva? I was trying to do the two-step. Mm-hmm. DJ Sean, did you see her do-stepping? Yeah, I saw her. Doing she was trying to now. be all back in the cut, mm-hmm. all in the dark. It. Come to the light. I was, well, checking that, out the, I, I was checking out her friends that were with her. I wasn't checking her out. I was trying to check her friends out. <laughs> hell, hell I, hell, I work with Diva. I was on her friends. <laughs> yeah, we were the ones with the most the in the club. I keep telling you, the door is always open once a month. We We control the black hole. The black hole is open every weekend, but once a month, Saturdays, we control the black hole. Y'all heard that, right? That hole's open every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Where the gun line at, baby? Where the gun line at? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be, you said it. You say the hole is open every weekend. I said that. And then once hole. a month, the black hole. <laughs> oh, you, when you said what you said, it's a method of interpretation. Yep. Exactly. Nah. But you know, some people don't see it the way I say it. I see it the way I say it. But it's okay. 
you mean well, though, right? Yeah, I mean well. You know, I just, you know, sometimes when, you know, sometimes when you have somebody that has a sexy voice, you know, your mind goes elsewhere, you know, so everything that they say is is turned into um like sex or something sexual or this sexual right. it's healing. Like, it starts off like I mean well but then it is a well I mean uh Yeah. Yeah like that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Ain't no harm. It, it's no harm taken. Ain't no harm taken. But hey, you know I, that's thank you guys for it. Just taking the time to flirt or, or to or to say something, and Sean, especially you know, you say sexy voice. I I don't consider my voice to be sexy, but then I don't hear myself mm-hmm. at all. Now I know I can go there if I if if I had to because I had the quiet storm for about four years. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Diva, can I be your number one fan and calling me your radio show just to hear your voice? Wait a minute. Didn't you just just boo? Didn't you just recently get booed back up and there you go already? (laughs) Niggas, boy. I'm just saying. I tell you, boy. Niggas mess it up for the the niggas that need it. I tell you, boy. I will be at um, Diva's house when I go to the back hole. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a house dog. You know I'm not going to have anybody else. Damn. <laughs> well, my name's Law Dog, baby, so hey. <laughs> That's the worst kind of dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. Destined to break all the rules. Exactly. I'm house trained, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're out straight, that don't mean your ass still listens. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, but listen, when we when we were growing up, we were taught the dogs stay outside. They don't come in the house. Well, damn. Well, I'm that new <laughs> house dog. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No. I'm woman's best friend. Hey, woman. <laughs> You you, you got you a diamond, huh? In the rough, <laughs> diamond dog. <laughs> I got to protect the house. Shit. You just got aim a house dog, so you need Damn. you know protect that that house and stop trying to run from house to house. <laughs> Well, we got to um, make our territory. That was a dog, too. Well, you better piss on the one you got. (laughs) 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 DJ Sean, I turn it back over to you. 
Yeah. So says the boss. I can't do I can't do nothing with her. Yeah. Well, I'm getting off off here, you guys. I, I want to thank you guys for being a part of the show. Everyone is tuned in. Have a good, awesome two days, and we'll be back here on Thursday with who? Who we got again? We got Dick Amy. Allen, and we got J.L. Thompson. And we are going to have an absolutely awesome show. Good music, good conversation. All right, all right, all right. You guys have a good night, man. Be blessed. You too, you too, my brother. Ah, right, y'all. I was a... Rap talk.